Amen. If you have your Bibles for just a few moments, I am going to take you first of all to the writings of Mark, the 8th chapter. Mark chapter 8. And I am going to begin reading in verse number 31. Going to read down through verse 38, the end of the chapter. Verse 31 through 38, Mark chapter 8. And it began, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. I want you to underscore that in your Bible. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must. Everybody say must. There's no way around it. Every, every man uh, needs to understand that. You must suffer or he must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And whosoever will save his life shall lose it but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels the same shall save it for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. Philippians, the book of Philippians chapter 2. Verse number five reads, Let this mind be in you. Everybody say, in me. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. 
Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Amen. Every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth, and that every tongue shall confess. I'm so thankful that we have such an example. But I want you to notice what he learned. As he took upon himself the form of a servant and being made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross. One writer said he learned obedience through the cross. Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds, because you have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Amen. I want to use this as a stepping off point. Amen. And I don't know what to call this tonight, but maybe we'll get a title for it before we get through. But maybe it should just simply say, if you want to get to it, you're going to have to go through it. Amen. If you want to get to it, you're going to have to go through it. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I have been stirred recently by certain things in the scripture and in my own personal studies, uh, times that I have been in the word of God, I have found myself going back to uh, some very um, familiar uh, themes and my mind is continually, it doesn't matter what I'm reading or what I am listening to, my mind is directed back to what I want to begin to talk to you about tonight. But it began a few weeks ago, I heard a young, um, young lady on the radio who was one of uh, the news reporters, uh, she was a spokesperson. Uh, she was brought in because of her expertise and because of her age. She was known as uh, a millennialist, which means she is of that generation that's uh, been born into technology. Um, and she has grown up in a culture and a world where everything was at her fingertips. She could push a button and uh, internet was instant access to the world. And they were debating the health care issue that we're struggling with in our country. And I'm not here to be for or against. I'm not here Republican or Democrat. I'm not here to bash anybody or to promote anybody. But I was intrigued by her comments. One of the things that had been disturbing in the early stages of this 
uh, this uh, Obamacare was the enrolling of participants and it was failing tragically among the younger Americans. And so they brought this young woman on to give a perspective. It's why do you feel like this thing is not working? And the immediate answer was because their, their programming and their internet, it, it, their, their, the, the website is just, it's just too confusing or it's not working properly. But when the older gentlemen begin to probe and inquire as to what do you mean by that, the girl finally spoke up and admitted, well, it didn't open on my first click. And because it didn't open on my first click, I pushed the exit button. And she said that that's the reason why that younger Americans right now are not enrolling because it's too slow of a process. We want things now. We like to have that instant gratification and we want it as it is uh, at the end. We want it to be that way at the beginning. But folks, I have news for you. Whether you're young or old, that's not how life works. And we are struggling not only as a culture, but as a church with that same mentality. That if God doesn't answer on the first ring, we hang up. If God doesn't come through on the first prayer, we quit praying. Because we're used to things happening. We're It's too slow a process. It's too laborious an effort, the young lady said. And so I'm not willing to spend the time that it takes to go through. And in reality, all she was talking about was really a few minutes time. And she would have been able to get through these different doors and steps that you had to go through to get enrolled. But it was too slow for her because she was so used to things happening instantly and, 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 and everything responding to her at, at the touch. And if it didn't, then she turned it off. And she made a statement that was rather astounding to me. And she said that that's how all of us are geared, speaking of her age bracket, that if, if it doesn't happen instantly, we turn away. And we go somewhere else and we'll find our interest in another area. And I got to thinking about that. You know what? If that really is the thinking of this younger generation, then we got a problem on our hand, folks, because life doesn't work that way. You are not going to get to something until you go through something. And we all, I, our country is, 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 uh, is eat up with it. It is eat up with the idea of the destination. We love the destination. We like to talk about the two. We like to talk about victory. We, we like to talk about triumph. We want to be on the winning team. But nobody seems to be interested in going through the process that it takes to get to be a winning team. Nobody seems to have the patience any longer to just keep walking even though God's not talking. 
Somehow we have come to the thinking that God is on our schedule and we're not on his. And so I don't know. I just I've been feeling like I need to talk to the church about the disciplines of the spiritual life. That there are certain things and you can go back from the beginning that God has taken his people through for a divine purpose. And it's been laborious, it's been cumbersome, it has been difficult, but it was necessary to get them from where they were to where they wanted to be or where they needed to be or where God wanted them to be. And there is no short-circuiting of that process. You can't warp speed this. You can't put it in a blender and mix it up faster and make it happen quicker. You have to go through the process because in the process and the discipline of that process, you grow and you learn. You see, you may have learned truth in light, but you live it in darkness. You're sitting in the light tonight and you're going to hear the word of God, but you're going to walk out of here and you're going to have to put into practice what the word of God speaks to you tonight. And when you do, it's most likely going to be in a dark environment. It's not going to be as, as it is here tonight, but that's how God takes us in this process of growth. Everybody wants a happy home. Nobody wants to invest in what it takes to have that happy home. Everybody wants to have a successful job. They just don't want to have to show up to have that job. We like the two. We just don't like the through. But you can't get the two without the through. And so here Jesus is. He's been with these guys for almost three and a half years. He has been intimately involved in their life on a daily basis. He has been pouring himself in. And according to John, we don't even have the beginning of the smidgen of what Jesus spoke to those men. All we have is a glimpse of it and we just have a partial. John said if all the books could be written in the world, they would not contain all that God, all that he had spoken and all that he had done. So on a daily basis, he is putting into them this concept of, uh, of seed, how that it has to fall into the ground. And it has to die and then it comes out of the ground and it grows. And these learned men, these men who had been with him every day, still did not seem to understand what he was saying. And so he brings them into this setting and he says boldly to them, it is necessary, it is essential that I go to Jerusalem so that I can die. And that was so contrary to what they wanted. Peter, stood, he, he spoke up and said, oh no, you won't die. We won't let that happen. And Jesus rebuked him because he didn't understand what he was trying to tell him. He said, for me to get where I, I've got to go, for me to get, the, get you where you need to be, I 
have to go through this. And he began to explain to them the process that he was going to go through. The death and all the, the burial, the suffering and all of that. And he said that the Son of Man must suffer many things in order to get to where I need to be so that you can get to where you need to be. The point is simply this. You and I love the destination. We like the idea of God's victory in our life. We like the idea of blood bought salvation. We like the idea of restoration and renewal and all that that speaks of. But many of us do not like the idea that we are going to have to go through something to get to that. The goal is what we want. Wouldn't you, you know, it, it's like, you know, we, wouldn't it be great if, if, if you could skip nine months of pe pregnancy and just have a baby? Well, I promise you folks, before this generation is over with, from what I heard on the radio, somebody be trying to perfect a way that you can just skip the nine months and just have a baby. Because we don't like the process. We want the product. We want what that product will do for us. We want what that product will bring to us. We just don't want to have to go through what it takes to get there. You've heard the story about the king who lived and he wanted to leave something to posterity and so his wise counselor said, why don't you leave them books of wisdom or, or the book of wisdom? And so he said, that's a great idea. So he calls all the wise men together and he said I want you to collect all of the wisdom of the world and I want you to bring it to me and they brought it to him after months and months of work and there were these huge volumes and he looked at that and he said oh no then nobody's going to take the time to read that many books we need to condense it so he sent them away and they brought it back a few months later and it was a little smaller but it was still several volumes and he looked at it and he thought man that sounds it looks great it sounds great but it's just not it's not going to happen I need you to go back and, and bring it down a little more. So they go away and they come back and this time they've got one volume, but it's a thick volume. And he looks at that and he thought, you know what? I, I just, I don't think people are going to take the time to read that. He said, could you do me a favor? Could you condense it down into something simpler? And so they went away and after a great deal of thought, they came back and said, we've got the answer. One word, one sentence. There ain't no free lunch. That's the wisdom, the condensed wisdom of the world. Folks, that's not just a humorous story. That is the truth of life. And Jesus was trying to teach his disciples that everything that you have been attracted to me for, you, you have seen in me the salvation of the Jew. You have seen in me the Savior of the world. You have identified with that. You want that. You, you cherish the idea of Israel being restored and, and a people being brought up out of bondage and out of oppression of the Roman government. But he said, I want to tell you that in order for that to happen, this has got to happen. And so I, I don't know, I, I may be beating a drum tonight, but I've come to try to help somebody in this building understand 
that a lot of the struggles that you are going through in your life are not God doing something to, to discipline you in a, in a corrective way, but to discipline you in a good way to help bring some, some kind of, of boundaries to your life so that he can get you to where he wants to take you. And you're not going to get to that place without going through some stuff. It would be great if you could have your cake and eat it too. But somebody's got to bake that cake. And somebody had to grow the grain that, that produced the wheat that gave you the privilege of baking that cake. It would be great if we could all walk out of here and just think it and be it. But we can't. We have to walk out of here and deal with things that are difficult and deal with things that are hard to understand and go through things that we don't understand and, and endure things that don't make sense and have to have people turn against us and abandon us. And in all of that process, God is working something. He is producing something in my life. And if I'll just keep going, God will take me to that place that he wants me to be. You see, to get to the two is not always pretty. And it's not only not always pretty, many times it's painful. The best lessons that I've ever learned in life have hurt like you wouldn't believe. Amen. I mean, it didn't take me long to figure out a hot horseshoe is not something to be handled very long. It's not hard for me to understand now that there's some things that are painful, but they produce something in my life that will be beneficial. And if I'll just endure the pain, everybody say endure the pain. He endured the pain. He endured all that he had to go through. He just grit his teeth and he went through it. Didn't he wasn't singing all the way to Calvary. He wasn't skipping and ah, everything just fine and dandy. He got so tired on the way that he crumbled beneath the cross. They had to get somebody else to help bring him to that place. And he even came to a point in his journey when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It's not pretty, folks. It's painful. It hurts. But it's part of the process and it's necessary if you're going to get where God wants to take you and if you're going to be what God wants you to be, you're going to have to learn to go through some stuff and not just panic every time something doesn't work out the way we want it to work out. You see, there are very few shortcuts to get where God wants you to go. Amen. No shortcuts. There's just no way to get by. You're going to have to go through to get to. 
The lessons that I've learned along the road of life have been learned on the long route. You see, when God brought Israel out of Egyptian bondage, there was a direct path that God could have taken them that was shorter than the way he took them. But he took them through another way because he had to get some stuff out of them. There was, he, he might have had Egypt or, or, or Israel out of Egypt, but he didn't have Egypt out of Israel. And there's stuff that's still in some of our hearts here tonight that are of the world. And that's why God keeps taking us through these twisting, winding roads so he can work that out of us. Because where he wants us to go, you don't need that kind of thinking. That kind of thinking will destroy what God's trying to bring us to. So God just keeps going. He, he made them go around the same mountain for two years. You talk about repetitious. You talk about feeling like deja vu. I've been here before. How long is this going to go on, God? But there were things that God had to work out of Israel. And so he just let them keep going round and round that same place. Don't you understand that after a while, after two years of going around in the same circle, I just want to stop. Does anybody feel like maybe that your life has been just going in circles in the last few years? God forbid that I should ask you this question. Do you feel like maybe it's because God's trying to still work something out? Because when he does, he'll do for you what he did for Israel. You read Deuteronomy chapter 1 and he spoke to Israel. He said, you've been long enough in this mountain. All right, you got that lesson. Come on, we got a journey to take. And as soon as we learn what God's trying to teach us and there's no shortcut. You've got to go through it. You're going to endure it. There's, it's not pretty. It's painful. And I will tell you that none of you will be shouting all the way along the journey. But I assure you this, if you'll stay on the road, you will shout about the end. You're going to like the finished product. And when you put Jesus in the driver's seat of your life, he will show you how to live through whatever life throws at you and whatever he allows to come into your life. He will help you suffer that as a child of faith. Amen. Do you understand tonight that there are certain things you're going to have to suffer? That's not very popular preaching. Matter of fact, I can assure you there are some pulpits in this city that you will never hear anybody mention the fact that you might have to suffer. But that's what's wrong with our world right now. If it don't happen quick enough, we turn it off. And that's why a lot of young people are turning away from the church or from God. And that's why a lot of older people are turning away because God isn't working on their time. You hear me tonight. God has a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives and you're not going to get to that purpose and you're not going to get to that planned end without 
going through the process it takes to get there. So what I'm trying to tell you tonight is simply this. Why don't we quit fighting God and wrestling with God about everything that goes on in our life and embrace it and say, God, if you've let this come, there must be a purpose. What are you trying to teach me out of this? What are you trying to tell me that I need to learn? Rather than me fighting God and arguing with God and getting mad at God and cursing God and saying, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not serving God anymore. Why don't we step back and say, okay, God, what is it that I'm not hearing? What is it that I'm not seeing? What is it that I'm not understanding? Help me to learn. My brother has mentioned it before, but my dad was a master at teaching. <clears throat> and he was not a man that would beat you down when you were down. But I can remember many times as a young man coming in after having failed at something and embarrassed and I didn't want to have to talk to him or face it. And I can remember... I can remember vividly one time in his garage over uh, on whatever street that was. Uh, all right, it, it was there. My mind slipped in the night. But we, we were there and it was just he and I and I had to make that awful confession. And I thought he's going to throw the book at me. And dad just stood there and looked at me for a little while. And he said, well, son, what'd you learn? I wasn't ready for that. I'd rather he beat me. <laughs> go ahead and whip me. Get it over. I don't want to have to go through school again. But he knew that a beating wasn't going to do it. He knew that a whipping wasn't going to do it. He knew that the only thing that would help me get to where I needed to go is to understand how to get through what I'm dealing with. And so I'm asking you tonight, what have you learned? What have you learned over this last year of living for God? We're almost at the close of a year. It's hard to believe, but we are. All the ups and downs and the twists and turns, all of the changes of life, the relocations, the, the changes, the, 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 the challenges, and all of the blow-ups that have come, all of that, what have I learned from it? I've learned this, that no matter how big the blow up, I still have to keep walking with him. I got to walk, I got to keep going through it because that's the only way to get to it. Amen. I don't quit. I don't give up. I have to repent a lot. <laughs> I have to come back to the altar often. I have to ask people to forgive me, but I don't quit because I know that the only way I'm going to get to it is to go through it. Amen. And so I'm trying to learn how to say yes to God. And I'm trying to learn how to tell God <clears throat> it's okay. Amen. I'm going to make it. Praise God. Amen. The discipline of the spiritual life. I, I thought it was interesting. I, I looked up the definition of discipline. And the first definition of disciplines that was 
given to me from the, the, the dictionary was this. Training that is expected to produce specific character and pattern of behavior, especially training that produces moral or mental improvement. Disciplines. And he taught us through what he went through. He taught us through his life that it's not pretty and it's very painful, but it is very, very profitable. Amen. And if you'll just stay with it, if you'll just allow these things, whatever, whether you caused it or God allowed it or it just happened, it doesn't matter that it would become a development rather than a destructive element in my life. Rather than it tearing me down, let it build me up. It's like the proverbial donkey that fell down in the well and they started they didn't know what else to do. They couldn't get him out. Brother Landon, I think, mentioned this a while back. So they just started throwing dirt over trying to bury him. And he would just shake it off. Every time he'd shake it off, he'd step on it. He shook it off long enough, and they threw enough dirt on him that before it was over with, he's climbing out of that. That's the way you have to be in life. You, you have to be able to shake it off and then use what you've shaken off as a foundation to help you go a little further. Praise God. My Lord, I didn't know I was going to say all of this tonight, but God knows some of us need to know it. We need to shake it off. Amen. I said we need to shake it off and step on it and let it become the foundation that helps get us where God wants us to go. Instead of allowing it to destroy us or make us bitter or angry or make us want to go different ways and be mad at everybody, oh, why don't we just shake it off and step on it and let it become the foundation that helps build my life. Amen. Let's stand together. If you want to get to it, you are going to have to go through it.